After the Chargers debacle against the Jaguars, many are wondering which coaches could be let go, but maybe it's time to look above the coaches and wonder if Tom Telesco could be on the hot seat after another underachieving season. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons. But this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making this your first listen today. To make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. And also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And David, we wanted to get into our buy or sell, and it's kind of a weird one because it's the end of the season for the Chargers, and we've been talking a lot about the Chargers coaches, and we'll continue to today. But it's time to talk about Tom Telesco as well. Another season where you're wondering, could this be the year the Chargers decide to move on from Tom Telesco? So we'll talk about that, and just if this Chargers organization is going in the right direction after such a frustrating loss. We'll also talk about if there's a reality where no Chargers coach ends up getting fired, or maybe both offensive and defensive coordinators get fired for the Chargers. It feels like a lot of things are on the table. We'll also talk about if Keenan Allen, with his upcoming cap hits, could have possibly played his last down as a Charger, which is a crazy thing to think about. But today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Just pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Price Picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. All right, David, there's been a lot of talk about Brandon Staley, who we talked about yesterday, you know, thinking that he's safe. Pretty much every report has come out that there has been has said that they think he's going to be safe. So it's interesting. And we haven't seen any moves by the Chargers yet. But one that's not talked about as much is general manager Tom Telesco. And it's kind of a weird deal because general managers are usually linked with head coaches. So can Staley be safe and, you know, not Telesco in some way? It's hard to say, but we're doing buy or sell today. And the first buy or sell is this. Tom Telesco is safe. Yeah, I mean, as much as I want to look at this entire body of work from Tom Telesco dating back 10 years, you, you kind of look at the resume a little bit and it's just not very impressive. Zero division titles for the Chargers in that in that time frame. Two playoff wins, only three appearances. I just feel like throughout an entire decade you would expect to see a little bit more success than that but that's not the entire picture i mean he you also have to look at the things that he's done well he's drafted players like derwin james and joey bosa and was able to carry on that high kind of quarterback lineage or kind of you know expectation that the chargers have really set up for themselves you know you just expect someone to be able to play the quarterback position at a high level. And he goes out and he drafts Justin Herbert. And that's probably the crowning jewel um, in his, in his kind of, you know, argument of saying, Hey, I still deserve to be here because look at the guys that I brought in. Sure. And he has a lot of blue chip guys on that list. The best is really good, right? The highs are really high with Tom Telesco and the lows can be pretty low, but over 10 seasons, you have the sample size now, right? 81 and 86. You talked about the playoff appearances, never back-to-back playoffs, right? Not even 
super close to a division title, maybe, you know, 2018, the 12 and four year. The fact that they didn't win it that year, that sucks, obviously. Ridiculous. Yeah. But there's also, you know, along with the guys you said, Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, Rashawn Slater, Desmond King, even going a little later in the draft, Asante Samuel Jr. There's a lot of them. Keenan Allen, one of the best third round picks, you know, maybe the best third round pick in Chargers history. Yeah. Like there, there are some good, but then there's the DJ Flukers, the Kenneth Murray's, the Jerry Tillery's. The Manti Teos, Jeremiah Tauchus, Dan Feeney, Forrest Lamp, Chris Watt, Josh Perry. Like, you can go on and on. Yeah. And not everyone's going to hit on every pick, but look at anyone drafted last season after Joshua Palmer and tell me who you feel really good about, right? Trey McKitty is the next guy. Then you're going to guys like, you know, Nick Neiman, special teams player, obviously. Brendan Hymas, nothing really there. Mark Webb, Larry Roundtree. It's it just, I don't think he hits enough, especially on day two, especially in the third round where it's been, you know, besides Keenan Allen, Josh yeah. Palmer, and then somehow maybe Trey Pipkins, and that one's totally turned around. And some yeah. of them have, right? Drew Tranquil, I think, has turned around kind of his perception. Oh, yeah. Kazir White did the same thing at one point. Chen Nuosu, I think, also ended up being a pretty good pick, yeah. taking him in the second round. So there are some good picks. Third round isn't bad. I just don't think – I think you have to have some middle ground there where you can get some sort of anything from more of the players in the draft that he has. There's a lot of big picks that he's made. Justin Herbert kind of fell into his lap, right? A lot of these guys maybe fell into his lap. He didn't overthink it, and I think that goes in his pocket as something that's good, you know? Yeah. And he's had good, you know, undrafted free agent success as well. Braden Fajoko is the latest one, but when you get guys like Austin Eckler and Michael Davis from undrafted free agency, that is definitely a skill of his. But at a certain point, something has to change. I just think it's tough, though, because, you know, Telesco at least has a longer track record to talk about and be like, hey, this is bad and it hasn't worked for this long. And Staley only has two seasons of work where he's, you know, had a winning record in both seasons. Yeah. But I don't know, David, because like, how can the chart, because I'm selling the fact that he isn't, I think he's safe basically is what I'm trying to say here. And and I don't think that they could realistically get rid of Telesco and keep Staley. No, I agree. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately we kind of know how this goes. I mean, if you bring in a new general manager, that general manager is going to want to go to ownership and say, Hey, I want to bring my guy in. I want to bring in my head coach and I want to be able to kind of be, you know, very, you know, cent- central in that kind of process. And that's very important to any guy that, and I mean, any legitimate general manager or candidate is going to want to be able to hire his own guy. So I just feel like, you know, you get rid of the GM, you're going to have to get rid of the coach too. I just feel like those guys kind of go hand in hand. It seems like it at this point, at the very least, and we'll see. I mean, the Chargers sure. don't always fire someone right away, so we don't necessarily see it all. But I do think roster construction is something, too. I mean, drafting more durable players is a fair criticism of Tom Telesco. I also think if the coaches that he's hired could be a huge point against them with Anthony Wynn, Mike McCoy, and depending on what you think of Brandon Staley, right, those are the three coaches that he has brought on during his span. And yeah. roster construction-wise, like, going into the season with Jalen Guyton being your only anything close to fast receiver and yeah. not ever addressing it after he was lost in week three, having the way that wide receiver room is built does not necessarily isn't conducive to, you know, a well-rounded offense. And it's definitely not conducive to an explosive offense, right? Going right. into the season with storm Norton as your swing tackle, right? Just the lack of overall explosiveness on offense in general, whether you're looking at the running backs and them drafting three straight running backs, in three draft classes and none of those guys really taking off to this point like there's a lot of things you could look at and I, I mean i've wrote a four-part series of what i thought about tom Telesco, you know a couple of years back for the la football network i've been critical of him 
he has seemed to get better. Like I like Jasir Taylor, right? I like Jamari Sawyer. I thought Tito Bonia showed some things like, so maybe it has gotten a little bit better. Maybe there's hope there. I don't see it necessarily happen though with Tom Telesco. I think him and Staley will probably part at the same time if I had to guess, but who knows? This is the next buy or sell here, David, because one of the reasons it's hard to get behind Tom Telesco or really anyone at this point is just wondering if the Chargers are going in the right direction. So that's my buy or sell here is the Chargers right after two winning seasons, making it back to the playoffs. The Chargers are going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I understand that people out there are pissed off about how things ended this season. And and, uh, excuse me, people are upset about how things ended this season. And I understand that. And I get it because, you know, especially after that first half, you felt like everything was rolling in the Chargers direction and you just felt like this team was destined for more to be able to accomplish more. And, you know, if you look at it from, you know, a kind of a a long-term perspective, this is only the sixth time that they've gotten more than 10 wins in the last 20 years. Okay. I just want to put that in perspective. Also, it's their first playoff appearance in four years. And it's the most wins that they've had since 2018, since the last time they were in the playoffs. So, like I said, I understand a lot of people are not happy about how this season ended, but to come to any other conclusion other than the fact that they are heading in the right direction is, I I think, the wrong answer. They are heading in the right direction. They got a chance. they, They made it to the playoffs. They had a chance to be able to go win a championship. That's what you want. That is the ultimate goal is to win a championship. You got to get to the playoffs to get there. They made it for the first time in four years. They are heading in the right direction. I think that's fair. I I think the things that make it tough to think it's the right direction are a few different things, right? I mean, can they keep getting those short-term contributors, right? Will it fall apart if you can't get guys like Bryce Callahan, who was huge, Morgan Fox, right? Guys like that, Kyle Van Noy is another one. Like, you were able to plug some holes with one-year rentals, basically, and you have to keep it up because the Chargers aren't in a great cap space situation next year. And can you just run it back with most of this same roster and potentially losing some guys because you do have some free agents like Morgan Fox and Trey Pipkins and some other guys, Drew Tranquil, that you might have to sign with not a lot of flexibility there. Can you keep it going? Because this thing can fall apart. Like they're, they're not as all in as the Rams, obviously. They kept all their draft picks, most importantly. But at the same time, when you're building year to year like this and going all in and restructuring Cleo Max contract and signing huge contracts to Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, when you have an empty season like this, it just hurts that much more. Can they keep it together and can they find the right ways to supplement and fix some of the things that they're missing this year? It's going to be hard to do, and they couldn't do it necessarily fully from last season to this season, and that was with all the money they spent. They improved, though, in a very, very injured year. I mean, these are the years that go down as five win years under Mike McCoy when the Chargers have injuries of the nature that they did this season. And it's so significant, so many star players that are happening, too. So it's going to be interesting to see. I do think generally they are moving in the right direction. My problem is, I don't see considerable considerable growth or them gaining ground on the AFC elite. It, it still seems like they're far away. They didn't get a chance to show it because they couldn't finish out the Jaguars. How close they are against teams like the Bills and the Bengals and the Chiefs, we don't know. But record-wise, they weren't with that injured roster they had this year. We'll see what happens next year. But there will be some changes, or will there be? We're going to talk about that. If there is a scenario where the Chargers could end up letting go zero coaches or if they could just decide to get rid of their offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator in the next few days. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite daily fantasy app. And of course, I'm talking about Price Picks. With Price Picks, all you have to do is pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their projections, you can win. You win up to 10 times your money on any entry, and you don't have to compete against other people and try to pick 
you know, 90% of the same lineup as they're going to do. Like most of these fantasy sites end up happening. Like instead you just get to pick the projections you like, you get to find the matchups that you like. And all you have to do is beat price picks projections, price picks projections. If you don't want to bet on football or don't want to make any, you know, entries on any football right now, I understand that. But the great thing about price picks is it's also PGA college football, men's college, basketball, MLB, NBA, NHL, MMA, boxing, disc golf, whatever you're looking for, you can find them at Price Picks. And the entries are so easy to do, you can make them in less than 60 seconds. I mean, you can get a bunch of them in last second if you wake up late on a football center or whatever sporting event you guys want to use your entries on. But all you have to do is download the Price Picks app and go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. And first time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in 100, they will give you 100. If you put in 50, they will get you 50. So don't forget to put in the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's continue this buy or sell and get back to what's next for the Chargers, especially with their coaching staff. Because after what we just witnessed, it's hard to imagine nothing changes. If Brandon Staley is going to stay as the Chargers head coach, it feels like there have to be some concessions made in the coaching staff. So, David, this is the buy or sell here. Is there a chance or there is a chance that not a single one of the Chargers coaches ends up getting let go after this year? Is there a chance that not a single coach get? No, there's no chance at all, uh, in, in my opinion. So I, I'm going to sell that. I, I feel like there's definitely going to be some change. I mean, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting a different result. So you literally cannot do that. You have to have some change. There's got to be a new voice in in that room on offense. There's got to be a, a something, someone that's more innovative, someone who's more creative, someone who is going to really utilize the weapons that are in place and really try to get the most out of Justin Herbert, who by all accounts can do anything you ask him to do from the quarterback position. And I just don't feel like we've seen anyone – um, be able to accentuate all of those gifts in the proper way. So that's one thing for sure. And on defense, I, I mean, it's hard to talk about w- what exactly Ronaldo Hill does as the defensive coordinator, because we know that Brandon Staley is the, uh, the, the play caller. All right. So, I mean, it's just, it's hard to imagine that, you know, depending on no matter where you look on this roster, that they are not going to make changes in some places. It has to. And I think the biggest thing is, is where are you good enough with that position being let go, right? How high up does it have to be? Because at this point, we're assuming that Brandon Staley is coming back. Can you let go of Derek Ansley, right? DB's coach. Like, can it be a position coach? Can it be an assistance? Last year, it was Darius Wynn. The Chargers special teams improved. They were still one of the worst units in the league. Brandon Staley, after one season, got rid of him, right? Who is the call coming from at this point? I mean, I think it's Staley's to a certain extent, but it seems like there would be a mandate of, okay, something's got to change. Somebody's got to go. The most likely one is Joe Lombardi. So, like, when you're thinking about this and what could potentially happen, let's get to this buy or sell here, which is we could see the Chargers fire their offensive and defensive coordinators in this coaching cycle. What do you think? Yeah, I think you know it's more likely that we see a move on the offensive side just because I feel like it's easier to point out the deficiencies and what we, you know, what we saw and what we did not see because we know that he is the one that's pl- calling the plays. We know that Joe Lombardi is the guy that's coming up with these game plans and you know is is obviously the, the the point man on setting these protections during the week and we know that he is the guy. You know, he's the guy responsible for how this offense looks 
week in and week out. So I feel like for me, it's easier to point the finger at Joe Lombardi and say, hey, that's the guy that needs to get replaced more so than on the defensive side, Daniel, when, which, like I said you know, a minute ago, is we don't know exactly to the extent of how involved Ronaldo Hill is on the day-to-day aspects of being a defensive coordinator. So I just feel like if we do see a move, I think it's more going to be on the offensive side because we know exactly what he brought and what he did not bring to the team this year and since he's been the offensive coordinator of the Chargers. I think almost everyone could agree that the more likely one of the two of them is Joe Lombardi. I don't think there's any chance that Joe Lombardi comes back next season. That's just my personal opinion. I think that he's the perfect scapegoat if they're trying to bring Brandon Staley back because, I mean, that is the side that underachieved as well this year considering, you know, where the bar is and what they have on that side. The defense also massively underachieved, but at least defensively, you saw improvements towards the end of the season. You saw them really be one of the best units in the NFL for a month against some bad offenses. So it's hard to tell how much really you can take away from that. Yeah. At the same time, I'm buying the fact that you could absolutely see it. I I mean, you could see a scenario in which both Joe Lombardi and Ronaldo Hill are let go after a season like this, trying to find some way to get the most out of this team or just to get more out of this team, which I think is fair. Obviously these are real people's jobs, right? It's not fun saying anyone's going to get fired or anything like that. I know fans and comments, everyone wants us to fire everyone on every show. Right. I get it. It's a really frustrating process for sure. I think Brandon Staley needs more veteran help around him, right? So if they wanted to bring in a more veteran defensive coordinator to help really install this defense that people who haven't played in it, it's taking them, you know, 10 weeks into the season until they're getting good. This team is saying, hey, it's year two and we finally are starting to see things quick. It shouldn't have to take that long. So Brandon Staley is the scheme too difficult to understand. I mean, it wasn't with the Rams, obviously, and those were all first-year players in his system. But do you have the right voices disseminating that? Do you have the right voices around you to make the adjustments that you have to make in-game that you just were not able to make in 2022? Yeah. You need more help. And I think getting a veteran coach, a defensive coordinator, even if he's not willing to give up the play calling, and I wouldn't be totally, you know, opposed to him doing that either finding someone who can knows his scheme right and they can call for him so he can handle the head coach parts of it i think there's certain head coach parts of what brand staley does that he does well yeah playing his starters in week 18 terrible not right? one of them yeah no i mean there's plenty of things he does bad as well but making the relationships the buy-in that you've seen from these players during these you know exit interviews that they're doing yeah. for press conferences and things like that Daniel Popper was talking on the Dan Patrick show about, hey, these players think that they're building something. They feel like this is something special here. And I've heard that before from other teams, right? Like I've heard that at the end of other Charger seasons too, because they know not everybody gets to come back. Right. Financially, not everyone will come back if right. the Chargers. You it's can't. just impossible at this yeah. point. Do I think culturally you're going in the right direction? Yeah, I do. I, I think that what you could do though, and the way you can maximize what he's doing well, and that part of it is getting more veteran voices around him, right? I don't think I Big Fangio is the the right guy or is going to happen or anything like that but yeah i would like it or frank reich right an offensive guy who has head coaching experience like i'd like more experience around him guys who are better voices to have in his ear and it you know helping build and get the most out of these players because yes they're not getting enough out of justin herbert right that's the biggest thing there's not enough creativity not enough innovation which is why you could see lombardi going why he probably will go yeah, you can say the same thing about the defensive side because you have star players over there. You have Cleo Mack and Derwin James and Joey Bosa who missed most of the season for sure. But there is star power on that side of the ball as well. And it seemed like for most of the season, that unit was underachieving. 
and really for most of Brandon Staley's two-year tenure, which goes on him because he's the defensive guy. He needs better guys. If it's not working with him, we've seen it work for him. There's somewhere where it's getting lost. There's something that's failing this team. You have to be looking at all of those different coaching parts of the defense and and wondering if you can improve those and, and get more out of these players, be able to install this complicated defense better to these players so they're more ready so it looks more like it did during that four-game winning streak. But we don't know what this team's going to look like next year, right? And one of the guys that it seems like many Chargers fans surprisingly are willing to part ways with is star wide receiver Keenan Allen, who's been the heart and soul of this team for a long time, but is getting up there and has a massive cap hit coming up in 2023. So we're going to talk about if Keenan Allen has potentially played his last snap for the Chargers and also if it's still an open check for Justin Herbert, should the Chargers be trying to get him signed as soon as possible before other guys start signing even more crazy checks? Or will the Chargers, you know, hesitate because of some buyer's remorse from guys like Kyle R. Murray or Russell Wilson? We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But I do need to tell you guys about BetOnline.net, the number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. The official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. BetOnline is great because with BetOnline, you get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season. From basketball, March Madness, anything that you're looking for, you can find it at betonline.net. With the playoffs going on, and for any game, one of the things I love the most is prop bets. When I'm going play your props, I'm finding, you know, Keenan Allen going more than or getting over six catches, things like that. Especially with the Super Bowl coming up, you're going to want somewhere where you can bet on the funnest props, like which color the Gatorade is going to be and how long the National Anthem is going to be. Those are what I love at Bet Online, and they're always the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting info. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline.com. Where the game starts. Let's continue our buy or sell with a player, David, that really almost seemed like he had a great season. That's Keenan Allen, who was not able to stay healthy and I think showed you some of the red flags that you're looking at when you have a player who's getting up there in age and has a big cap hit like Keenan Allen does. He's a $20 million per year receiver, and the Chargers need to get that kind of production out of him, obviously. He's getting towards the end of that. But one thing that has been coming out a lot is, hey, do the Chargers try to trade Keenan Allen or release Keenan Allen to get cap space because they are a little cap-strapped in 2023? So the buyer sells this, David. You brought this up before, something I wasn't even really thinking about. But Keenan Allen has played his last snap as a Charger. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at this, and yeah, obviously the contract is something you have to keep in account because – of how you know strapped they are they are really up against it on the cap and we don't know what that figure is going to look like for next season so as it stands right now he has one of the larger contracts you know he has two things that are going up against him he has one of the larger contracts and he's on the wrong side of 30 playing a position where that you you know usually see some decline when that happens but for keenan allen i feel like he can continues to win with things that are a little bit more timeless and that's foot speed you know his quickness his route running his just innate feel to be able to sit down in the soft spots of the zone and also he's still incredibly productive he's still one of the best receivers in the league on third down still uh i mean if you take his numbers and you kind of calculate them over an 18 game season then he's averaging over 1100 yards Yeah, so excuse me, seven. I mean, games it's more yeah. than even that. I can give it to you right now. This year, well, let's just go on the eight games where he played pretty much the whole game, right? Let's yeah. take out the Seattle game where he caught two passes and just didn't look right and basically yeah, shut it down sense. at halftime. Yeah. And the first Raiders game where he didn't play at all in the second half because he got hurt in the first half, right? You just yeah. take those other eight games where he played the full game. He averaged seven and a half catches and 84 receiving yards per game. 
That would turn into a 1,400-yard season at 127 catches if that spanned out over 17 games. There you but go. Obviously, that's a part of it, right? Like, yeah. you have to being able to play that long. I mean, sure. I think he's gotten a terrible rap as far as him being injury-prone because up until this season, we hadn't seen him miss an extended amount of time. Yeah, like time four straight seasons years. of yeah. 16, 15 It had been over games. five yeah. years. I mean, he'd gone, you know, just about 1,000 yards, four straight seasons alone, 100 yeah. catches, four straight seasons. Like, he has been consistently out there. And – on a per game basis, he was great this season, right? Six out of those eight games, he went for at least 86 yards. He had 200 yard games just in the last three games for the Chargers. Yeah. Wish we could have seen more of him in the playoff game with the season on the line. Obviously, yeah. six catches for 61 yards. But then when you also look at that, too, he got missed on two wide open touchdown passes, yeah, right? That, that feels yeah. a lot different if it's eight catches for 75 yards and two touchdowns. I oh, think yeah. that's, that line feels a little different. And once Mike Williams is out of that game, I mean, I think I would judge more Josh Palmer, two catches in that game, not being able to come through and make a play in those big moments. Yeah. He and Allen still made some big plays. Could have made a couple more, but some of those weren't his fault either. This is the cap situation. That's what makes it tough, right? Yes. Next season, a $21.7 million cap hit. They would save $14.8 million if they decided to release him. They would take on a hefty $6.9 million in dead cap space. I just don't know if you can replace him. Like, and I don't yeah. know if you're going to find a receiver for $14.8 million that you're going to be able to replace that kind of production with. I think you could find a receiver maybe that fits better with Justin Herbert and you know more explosive and, and things like that. But he also has been that comfort blanket for Justin Herbert that he's always yeah. felt really good, and their timing is impeccable yep. for the most part. So I, I just don't see it happening. But it still feels like the Chargers need more juice in that room, even oh, with Keenan Allen. Yeah. Even with Mike Williams, it's still lacking in a certain way, and it's just not a well-built core, or well-built core, I should say. I agree. I agree completely, Daniel. I mean, and I think we've been saying it feels like we've been saying this for a couple of years now. We just you look at this room and you see, you know, different guys that do different things very well. You know, like Keenan's that possession guy that you need a first down. You, you know, you can go to him. You need a big play. You know, you're going to be targeting Mike Williams, but. You just don't have that guy you can consistently say is a yak monster. You don't have a guy that can really stretch the field on a consistent basis outside of Jalen Guyton, but obviously he got hurt. You know, Torres yeah. ACL was out for the season. And even with Jalen Guyton, we just still felt like that was a needed element. You look at some of these other young quarterbacks in the NFL and guys that they have. I mean, it's it's not even comparable. I mean, Tua <laughs> has two speed demons. Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase. I mean, imagine what Justin Herbert would do with a Jamar Chase. I mean, that would be unbelievable. That's what we want. That's what you feel like the Chargers should do is go out there and get a guy that can be that dynamic because you know that potential is intoxicated. And Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are really good players. That, that's the bad thing. It's like, yeah, you're, you're asking are. for more when you have two really, really good receivers, right? It's just... When you're rounding out of that room with Josh Palmer, who doesn't have speed and doesn't really do one thing a lot better than either Keenan or Mike Williams does, right? I could say maybe, you know, catches the ball better. You could probably make that argument for. But besides that, though, like if you could just surround Keenan Allen, you know, and Mike Williams with just fast players, field stretchers, gadget guys who could make dudes miss like, a, you know, DeAndre Carter was never that dude. They tried to make him that guy, but he wasn't. If you don't have legitimate juice, they didn't have a single guy that ran under a four or five for most of the season on their roster. Since week yeah. three, they didn't have a guy on their active roster that was running faster than a four or five in a receiving room 
for Justin Herbert at quarterback. That's just not good roster construction. You need more juice. Jalen Hurts gets an A.J. Brown. Joe Burrow gets a Jamar Chase. Yep. Tua gets, you know, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. Like, look at even what Justin and Jefferson. <laughs> Justin Jefferson has done for, no, I'm not going to envy Trent Sherfield, but at least he's fast. Like, I yeah, mean, exactly. that's, that's what I'm saying. Either way, like, it, even what Justin Jefferson has been able to do for Kirk Cousins, right? Like, Kirk oh, Cousins yeah. is seen as an entirely different light because you got him that weapon. You have Definitely. to add on. You can never have enough. And the one thing we've seen in the two seasons since Justin Herbert has been with this coaching staff, right? They haven't added any explosive playmakers during that span. Not a single one. There hasn't been one dude who has that kind of juice or just even really is that fast. It just hasn't existed. You know, you have T-Billy, you have Jalen Guyton. Yeah, and you saw it work a lot better when you had those guys. But, like, you need more. And if you don't, the depth, you need practice squad guys who can run four fours, right? Like, you just need a better constructed unit than the one they had, even with two really good players at the top of it. But let's get to this last buy or sell here really quick, Dave. And that is that the Chargers should get Justin Herbert's contract done ASAP, even though he's not a free agent for another two years. Yeah, because the, the price tag just keeps going up. So I'm buying it. Definitely. You look at these, you know, the top of, of the the quarterback contracts here. We're looking at Aaron Rodgers, 50 million per season. Russell Wilson, 49 million, you know, average annual value. Kyler Murray, 46 million. That number for Justin Herbert, every single day that passes, it seems like that's going to go up and go up and go up. I mean, he's 24 yeah. years old, obviously a lot younger than the first two, the first, the first two guys on that list. And he is going to get paid a lot, a lot of money. I think I just feel like this is one of those things, you know, who you have in Justin Herbert, you know, who he's been simply one of the most prolific quarterbacks in NFL history through his first three seasons in the NFL. It's, it, you know what it is. I don't feel like there's any questions about who you're getting here. So I feel like the deal needs to get done yesterday. As soon as you're allowed to, you should get it done. The numbers of it, like as far as helping them cap space wise, it's not going to make much of a difference because it's not going to start kicking in until when his rookie contract would have been done anyway. So it's not going to be for a couple more seasons, kind of like it was with the Patrick Mahomes contract as well. But it's hard for me to imagine taking a hometown discount. I think that's what everyone wants. I'm buying the fact the Chargers should get it done. Players don't take discounts like that. Yes, you have Tom Brady, the once-in-a-generational player who wasn't always the highest-paid player on his team, but it never happens. Dudes take as much as they can get, and the Chargers can't afford to you know, do what the Ravens are doing right, and try to yeah. negotiate. It is going to be interesting because of some of the regrettable contracts. Is there any kind of regression to the mean because you have Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson? All those dudes making more than $45 million per season, but it's also hard for me to imagine that Justin Herbert's not going to ask for every more than every single one of those dudes because yeah. he's been better than all of those dudes over his three seasons in the NFL. He's broken every record you can ask from. He's put this team on his back and carried them through an injured season and got them to the playoffs. There's nothing else you need to see from Justin Herbert. Lock that dude up as quickly as possible. How much guaranteed money, all of that stuff, that's a, con a conversation we can have another day. To me, it doesn't really matter. I I'm sold. I don't need any more. People want to act like, you know, one playoff game is going to be Justin Herbert's legacy as if he's not only in his third season. I mean, we had that in the comments. The legacy is done for Justin Herbert now. The book is written. He's going into year four. Nonsense <laughs> he's broken every, every record so far. I'm not going to bet against him. I think he's going to continue to get better and maybe even have some better offensive coaches around him. 24 years old. People get out of here off with of that his nonsense. plate and, and hopefully get the most out of him because it still feels like we haven't seen that yet, which is crazy for a dude 
who's literally broken every single record you could think of. So for that dude to potentially only be scratching the surface is something really exciting for Chargers fans. And that's the one thing you can get done with the season still feeling 100% good about is you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback and you should want that for as long as you possibly can. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. We are still planning on getting into a Chargers mailbag tomorrow. So if you guys want to get your offseason questions in, Make it not about specific draft picks, right, and then specific offensive coordinator stuff like that. We're planning to get all into all that stuff as the time comes. But if you have a question, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can hit me up on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer. DMs are always open at DrotalkSD. Thank you guys for making this your first listen today. We appreciate you checking out the show. We know it's a tough time to listen about Chargers football, so all these views, everyone who's checking it out, we really, really appreciate it. To make sure you never miss it, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from free and available all the time. Hey, we're still full time. We're going to be five shows almost every week for you guys here. So we have a lot coming for you guys, including, you know, which players have to be re-signed or let go moving on, right? Should they stay or should they go for sure? Different players, different situations. What's next for the Chargers? A lot on the table. But thank you guys for checking out today's show. Thanks for making this your first listen. If you need a second listen, make sure to check out the Lockdown NFL Podcast and subscribe there to get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday. Local insiders cover the week with game-to-game episodes every Monday as well. Thank you guys again for checking it out. Make sure you're back here tomorrow for your Chargers mailbag. If you want to call into the show, hit us up at 323-524-7924. If you want to leave us a 30-second question or on the voicemail line, we'd be happy to get to that as well. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.